Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I am joined by Dr. Gordon Chen, the Chief Medical Officer at ChenMed. How are you today? I'm doing great, Jared. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm excited for us to, to be speaking today. Uh, it'll be great to, to talk through some of the points that you and I wanted to go through. Uh, I, I think we should kind of kick things right off by if, if you give a little bit about your background, but then also we've had other members of ChenMed on the podcast in the past. If you give us a quick recap of the growth, because every time I have you on, there's there's more growth and you're helping more people. So I always like to, to hear from whoever's on the podcast kind of where you're at today. Yeah, I'd be happy to. As you mentioned, I'm the chief medical officer here at ChenMed. My background's internal medicine and cardiology, but make, make no mistake, I'm a primary care champion. So at ChenMed, we are a scalable, full-risk model that focuses on caring for seniors. We have approaching 100 centers in 12 states, um, and we can do what we do because of the platform that we're on, um, which allows us to focus on prevention, on wellness, on investing in primary care, and building relationships with patients to really influence them to change their behaviors and that's what leads to better health. I appreciate, appreciate the intro. Um, I, I'm really curious as we kind of go through more of this. We've had, so we've had Dr. Chris Chen on in the past. Um, and we've gone through some different topics, really centered around value-based care. But really what you and I want to focus in on here today is a, a, a really around physician leadership and then some of the different parts that segment out of that. So I, I'll just start off by saying, you know, why aren't there more physician leaders? You see all the posts on, uh, I, I think a lot of people are more, there's a lot of like influencers in the space that care about uh, sharing what's happening um, as physicians, but uh, it does not seem like there's still that many physician leaders. And in your opinion, why do you think that's the case? Yeah, that's a great question. Leadership is all about influence, right? And physicians are traditionally experts in medicine but really light on the influence. So there are a couple of things at play here. <clears throat> Number one, um, in fee-for-service, which drives the majority of healthcare, it is run on volume. And oftentimes, um, it doesn't necessarily help if you're an expert in a, in a field um, to be able to kind of like lead the change that needs to occur to bring healthcare to the next level. And so physicians can't flex their influence muscles in a fee-for-services uh, um, model because they're stuck creating more volume and they're um, trying to go after RVUs. And oftentimes, like, for example, in, in a hospital type situation, physicians would want to influence to, you know, more prevention or more wellness or, or more um, kind of reduction of, you know, poor outcomes where the majority of fee-for-service is still living in the sick kill world sick care world. All right. Um, then the other aspect of that is physicians are really light on the influence. So um, they are stuck in this kind of concept of listen to me, I'm the doctor, I know what's best. And that just doesn't work for broader industry wide influence. And so um, the lack of opportunities in the fee for service for physicians to really shine is one thing. And the other thing is physicians are really light on the influence. Interesting. Um, is there, is that something you, you see evolving though? What, when you say light on the influence, um, how, what are some of the ways they can, they can change that? Yeah. 
So physicians um, want to grow. They want to influence and they want to lead the future of healthcare, right? Physicians are, are very bright. What happens is in the fee-for-service world, they, they literally get stuck. So the first thing that they can do is to break out of the fee-for-service world and go into value. Value-based uh, value care is the place where physicians can shine. Um, their understanding of disease and of medicine and the patient perspective can, can um, allow them to make the decisions that lead to the best outcomes for the patients, but that only helps in a value-based care model. So if we want physicians to take more of a leadership role in the future of healthcare, the first step is to go towards value where physicians can really shine. The next step is creating the opportunities for physicians to grow their influence and flex those muscles that they have. They just need to be exercised. Okay. Now, if we think of the 50% of college students that entered the pre-med grind, right? I, I just want you to understand from a physician perspective, what happens, right? They, they grow up thinking IQ trumps everything else, right? Like the, the knowledge uh, accumulation, you know, getting good test grades, uh, bringing yourself up relative to your peers. That's how you get into medical school. That's how you do well in medical school. And it just gets worse and worse, right? The work gets more intense. The knowledge accumulation um, is, is really so rigorous that they don't have enough time to develop the emotional or the relational parts of their brain. And so they go through four years of college, four years of medical school, training. They even have less time because they're working 80 hour weeks and they finally finish Right. And they've got all of this knowledge, all of this technical experience and the relational and the emotional parts of their brain really have not been developed. And that's where the influence comes. So doctors finish their training and they're ready to go, but then they're stuck at the lowest level of influence. Interesting. Well, well that that seems like I mean, it, it obviously has some some negative impacts today, but can't that continue to I mean, we need to be able to. Emotional intelligence, a lot of people tell you, right? Emotional intelligence is right up there with, um, you, you need to have it. It's a necessary skill or it's becoming more important. Um, I mean, it's always been important, but it's becoming even more important, I think, today, um, especially as we kind of transition more to value-based care, right? There needs to be, it's um, uh, more, of a, more of a caring structure. And that really starts at the education uh, system, as you were saying. So one of the questions I have is, you kind of already answered it, so just kind of tailor off of it. But why why are they? Why do some physicians get stuck at? I'm the doctor. I have a medical degree. Stage of influence. Right. So they go through all of that training and rigor, and they've developed um, their uh, their the the logical part of their brain. Right. They're flexing their IQ muscles, and we and we talked about how you know EQ and and relationship intelligence kind of um, you know take a backseat. Um, Doctors want to lead. Let's be clear. They want to lead. And so they need an opportunity where they can be open. They can be vulnerable. They can learn the relationship skills, the trust, right? How to, how to lead a team, um, how to more broadly influence. Um, now, the ones that go purely into a fee-for-service world, they don't have that opportunity to develop the influence skills 
because someone's counting how much volume that they're producing every day of the week, right? And so if they're building their leadership skills or they're or broadening their influence, um, they're not generating volume. And actually, if you think about it, right, influence is about relationship as well, right? Um, in fee-for-service, you're trying to become as efficient as possible in generating volume. And the first thing to go in that setting is relationship, right? And you hear it. You hear it from patients. You know, a doctor was in and out in just a few minutes. I barely saw them. And um, they're just trying to, to crank out volume. So here, step one is to get out of fee-for-service and into value-based care environment where doctors can flex it influence muscles. Then step two, right? is to have an environment which fosters physician leadership development and growth. And that is so critical. Uh, medical schools, think about what you need for influence and what they teach. They're, they're teaching book knowledge, right? They're not teaching relationship, trust, influence, you know, goal setting, leading teams. Um, and, and so th there's this disparity of what we want from our physicians and what we're actually getting. Right. So we need to very intentionally create the space where physicians can develop these leadership muscles. You know, at Chen Med, because we we um, have the opportunity to, to really um, train and, and develop hundreds and hundreds of physicians. We've developed our own black belt training program with seven different stages and they can progress in their influence of themselves. Right. Like learning more about themselves and self-awareness and then influence patients and then influence other physicians and then you know, eventually lead an industry, right? And so they have that opportunity to grow. The other thing that I've just loved is uh, John Maxwell's five levels of leadership because it, it talks very clearly in a stepwise fashion how, how anyone, particularly physicians, can grow their influence and starting with, you know, building great relationships and then generating great results and then getting to the point where you can develop other leaders, if, if we can get to the point where physicians can grow personally, can also invest in other physicians to help them to grow and get to the point where they're leading other leaders, well, Jared, that's when we're going to have healthcare transformation led by physicians and we'll have better outcomes for patients and better value for America. So how, how soon do you think we can see a structure like that come into play? Um, and I know it's, it's like no one, no one, if he doesn't get this right, there's nothing. This is a tough, this is a tough uh, question, right? Because um, I always say there's certain questions where it always starts out with it depends, right? And whenever it starts out with it depends, you have a wide range of time. But in your, based on kind of what you're seeing in the space, do you, do you see a potential? Give us maybe a, a range to uh, to kind of see when when more transformation will happen in the, in this regard, Jared, the movement's already begun. Um, physicians are learning a new way to influence. We see it here every day at Chen Med, and we're growing and scaling exponentially. Right? We see physicians developing other physicians. We see them partnering with business leaders. We see them transforming communities. We see them like that city on a hill in each of their communities um, really growing their light and their influence on those communities. So it's already begun. You see it right now with this explosion in primary care, particularly value-based care and primary care together. Here at Chen Med, we, we call that transformative care, right? That is happening. 
And so just internally, I, you know, I can't speak for the for for externally, but just internally here at ChenMed, we set a goal that we will transform American healthcare by the end of the decade. Now, what is that going to require? That's going to require a whole lot of work and a whole lot of uh, development of passionate, mission-driven physician and business leaders working hand-in-hand going for a better way to, to lead healthcare in America. Okay? And I believe it starts with influence and teaching physicians how to grow their influence. So you, you've given great advice on re- really like what needs to change in the current structure and, and how do we proceed from an individual level, right? Let's say, because there's certain people that maybe want to be leaders even more than others that, that are physicians, right? Like they know on day one, like this is where I want to go. And a, a question I get a lot of times from people. So, you know, you're, you're the chief medical officer at ChenMed. So many people that are early in their career as a physician will say like, how do I, I still don't think there's, for many people, there's the clear road path. Like, how can I become a chief medical officer of an organization? Like, what are this? So can you give us, like, your your advice to, like, that that student that's that's getting ready to, to be a, a practicing physician and they kind of want, they're, they're really planning out their career? Like, what are some steps that you would give them or some advice that maybe helps position them to be a chief medical officer one day? Because I think a lot would like to hear that. Great question, Jared. The first thing that I would recommend is to really understand your own purpose and your mission. What drives you? What gets you going? What do you feel like you're called to do? That is just so critical. And I think for most physicians, they're going to align with bringing better health to needy people. I think they're going to connect with that. I don't think they're going to connect with generating volume for the sake of volume. I don't think they're going to connect with, you know, um, increasing the occupancy rate in hospital systems or doing procedures just for the sake of doing procedures or having visits just for the sake of visits for billable encounters. So, so there's a clear distinction there. What do you feel you're called to do? Once you know what you're called to do, then are you joining an organization that aligns with your purpose, your mission, and your values? That's so critical. If you're joining an organization that aligns with your core, who you are, and your values, and what you're trying to accomplish, well, then you're going to shine. You're going to shine. And then it becomes just growing your influence. See, a lot of people have asked me, hey, Gordon, what do you think about going to get an MBA, this and that for, for healthcare? And I think, don't get me wrong, I think MBAs are great. I think they're great training. Um, a lot of what's happening in value-based care right now, you learn through experience. A lot of people that are teaching in healthcare MBAs um, have kind of theoretical knowledge, but the best way to learn is to get out and build that experiential knowledge and training. Um, and so if folks can do that, if they can, they can figure out what their purpose is, what, what's, what's their calling? Find an organization which aligns with their calling and their values. Then experientially grow their influence, right? First, start from yourself. Be open. 
be vulnerable, be transparent, look for feedback. These are things that as physicians, we've actually been trained not to develop. We've been trained to put up barriers, put up defenses, to not show any weakness, to not show vulnerability, to think that we know all of the answers and show our peers and our attendings that we have the answers, when in fact, we have to take the opposite approach to lead. Well, I really appreciate that. That's always a question I've been, I'm not a physician, but I'm always interested in it, basically advice from a, a chief medical officer as to how to become a chief medical officer. Because there's, I don't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. There's not really a class that says like, so you want to be a, a chief medical officer when you're in medical school, right? One day. Um, and it's, and I think yeah. part of it's like what you said though, a lot, a lot of those skills to, to get to that level, um, you, you learn from, you know, surrounding yourself with the right mentors and the right individuals and then picking it up on your own. Right. Um, not that an MBA can't help you learn the, the business side of things. Um, it's, uh, it, it just your, your way that you laid out seems uh, like a much better fit for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the chief medical officer role, depending upon what organization has a completely different job description. You know, I, I'm very uh, fortunate and blessed that in my role, you know, I get to do what I love to do, which is to, to pour into physicians, physician leaders, help them to come up with ways to improve patient outcomes to help patients to live longer, to live better, to encourage um, you know physicians to lead teams, um, to transform industry, to go against the you know the mainstream current of healthcare, and to do something really transformative. So I love what I do. I'm I'm also so fortunate that the physicians, the physician leaders that we attract, wow, they are some of the most passionate and mission driven people. Um, not just in healthcare, but across industry. And it's just such a, a blessing and honor to surround myself, myself with folks like that. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to talk more about this at some point. So hopefully we can have you come back on again because there, I mean, we really just scratched the surface, right? There's, there's so much to talk about in terms of physician leadership and how do we continue to improve upon that? And I just like hearing any tips that you have to provide on uh, you know, educating students and, and getting them to, to maybe the level that they want that, for themselves to be. So really appreciate your time today. Glad we were able to do this and look forward to, to having you on again real soon, uh, Dr. Chen. I look forward to coming back on and, and spending more time with you, Jared. Thank you so much for this opportunity.